Hey, Facebook, it is Wednesday, and we have an incredible guest with us today. Manda Ayub, the Chief Operating Officer of Pomeroy Living, is going to talk a little bit about the truth about how things are going in long-term care space. So stay with us while we understand the positives and some of the challenges that we're all facing. And before we dive in, I want to give a big thank you to Serenity Engage, who once again is sponsoring our show. And we are back and we are gonna dive in with Manda. And with that, I am turning it over to the ever important Catherine Wells. <laughs> Thanks, Francis. I, I always feel important on this show when you yeah. introduce me. <laughs> Good. That's my job. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you do it well. So thanks everyone for joining us today. If you are on live, please let us know you're here and feel free to ask questions. If you have questions after and you're watching this uh, video, please feel free again to ask questions on Facebook and we will figure out how to get the answers to you. So I'm really excited today. I reached out to Amanda after seeing a post that she wrote on LinkedIn and she labeled it just another rant. Um, but really this is, she hit on some topics that are reality in senior living right now. And it is, it's not always easy. Um, and right now it's extra hard. So I want to first introduce our guest, Manda Ayub. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me and inviting me. I'm honored to be here. So, um, Amanda, could you tell our audience just a little bit about who you are and what you do at Pomeroy Senior Living and, um, and how you got into senior care? Absolutely. Um, I have been in healthcare for as long as I can remember. I started at 16 as a candy striper. Wow. Then a nursing student as a nurse tech and then a nurse. Um, then I worked as a nurse for some time and then I got into the senior um, end of life and um, it was my passion. I didn't know it when I first started. Yeah. <laughs> and then became a director of nursing and then became an administrator, did some risk management. Wow. Well, traveled the country, which was great, and um, became the VP of Ops and now the chief operating officer. So, and when you traveled the country, um, was that, that was part of the risk management? You were in senior living and you were looking at communities? Yes, we were doing risk assessments for okay. insured facilities, um, all senior living. Did, did you see any uniform things that you kind of had to address or was it was it kind of hit or miss across the industry of, of different things? Was there a continuous pattern or theme for some of them? Well, as risk management, of course, look at the bigger picture items, kind of mm -hmm. fall wounds, things that are serious and really could be fatal if not done well. Um, but the benefit to us is that we had this toolbox of information we could teach people and help them That's improve. Cool. And that really was our goal was just to make sure everyone had good uh, systems. And if we found a really great system, we would ask permission to share it. And That's awesome. It was, you know, share the good stuff. Yes. Share the good stuff. And that's really, we were talking just before the show about that's the goal of, of Mavericks of Senior Living is um, let's really highlight the bright spots and let's not shy away from sharing the difficulties and the warts in this industry because there are some and we can do better. And so that takes us to, to your post on LinkedIn. 
Um, you know, I want to, can I, is it all right if I read the first sentence of it? Okay. So, I mean, this, I, those of you listening, I really hope that you are going to resonate with this. It starts out, is anyone else just exhausted? Like, oh my gosh, that encompasses it. Okay. Uh, yes. It does. Uh, yeah. Then we go into um, COVID has really made everything more difficult. I feel like the long-term care industry is under attack, increased prices for everything. Media is turning us into villains. Let's just stop with that. It is so true and it's not fair. Right. Um, Hospitals are, are heroes and, and nursing homes are bad people. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about that, it's that is really what media is about, is um, how can we elevate someone to, to hero status while we make other people bad? And anything in between kind of doesn't tend to get covered. Um, so, you know, that's something that we're trying to fill in the gap on right here and talk about the things that are, are doing well. So maybe with that, we could talk a little bit about what you guys are doing there that is really working well or is innovative or that you'd like to share with other communities. Oh, God, we have a lot that's going really, really well. So and I'm very thankful for that. We were able to secure a good amount of uh, personal protective equipment early on. Um, and our staff has been in PPE since the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful um, because every staff member who showed up every day for their shift was put into a drawing and every two weeks, we were giving uh, $250 That's cash prizes. So cool. That's so cool. We just recently did the grand prize. So every name that had been in the drawings was saved for this big grand prize. And there was mm -hmm a $2,000 winner, and then a bunch of our partners and vendors um, donated prizes as well. And that's all on our Pomeroy Living Facebook page in which we posted all of the drawings and the oh, cool. prize. And, um, you know, we wanted to thank people because, you know, unemployment was paying a good amount of money, but people were still, there was a good chunk of people who were still coming to work every day and didn't forget about our seniors. And they are heroes and should be treated as such. I'm not trying to take away anything from the hospital workers. They're heroes too. They're working under the same pressures we are. And um, I think we can all be healthcare heroes. I don't think we have to have a villain. And if we do, then let's make the villain COVID. Yes. I, I, I agree. I don't know why it has to be an us versus them or you know hospitals versus assisted living or long-term care. I mean, everyone's in the same fight and the goal is just to do the best care they can with what's presented in front of them. And I think that message can't get lost. And I love what you guys are doing, celebrating your staff who is making the commitment to be there day in and day out, because that consistency is what our older adults need, right? They need someone there. And so I, I think it's all, I love that idea. That is so cool. Our family's yeah, been great. Someone... Go ahead. They've been coming and doing window visits and they've been scheduling their Skype calls and their FaceTime calls and um, they've been following all the Facebook posts we put from each community just so that they could see their loved ones. And, and you know, it's tough. They're home and they can't kiss on mom and dad. And it's not fair, but life has never really ever been fair. No. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, what kind of reaction have you had from the staff who have participated in that and who have stayed? To me, that, that just speaks to your culture, Amanda. So talk about that. Uh, staff has been amazing. I, uh, 
you know, it's hard because when we walk into buildings, I'm very much a hugger and I want to hug my staff and thank them. And with COVID, we're like, you know, yeah. bumping and um, it, it's tough. These are tough times. So, uh, but they're dedicated and they're loyal and they deserve everything that we've given them. Plus more we've, you know, for the first, I think three or four months of the pandemic, we fed them every meal every day that they came to work just to make sure they didn't have to leave the building. And we didn't have to worry about cross-contamination of going out, coming in, you know, and as things loosened up and restaurants started opening up, it's like, okay, we have to take some of the restrictions off, but, right. you know, we're swabbing and testing so very often. And, and they're just, the ones that are with us are just amazing. Yeah. What do you think is the one thing that you would like the kind of general population to, to better understand about what your team does? Because I still think it's always... You know, it's this mythical hidden curtain when, you know, the team does amazing work on a daily basis. Well, I, I think it's about realistic expectations, right? So I, I don't think that Pomeroy Living is the only one out there. I think there's a lot of really good companies whose staff really do an amazing job. And I, I think we have to realize people age and we can't put them in bubble wrap and we can't keep them forever. <laughs> And it's about having a quality life. And that's where Pomeroy really tries to strive and educate its consumer and the families that move in uh, or bring their loved ones to us. It's it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure every day they're with us that those are good days. And- Uh-oh. There we go. <laughs> My phone rang in, uh, but if you try and make that the culture, it will uh, resonate, right? So it starts one person at a time. Yeah. And I think what I want to really let our audience hear in all of that is that it it's the culture of the management team and the culture that you create there that has people come in when they could get paid more, in some cases on unemployment for, for a period of time. Um, and of course, it's their love for the older adults that they're serving, but but also they could do that anywhere. So they're coming back to work for you because there's something there in the culture that you've created. And I just really want to acknowledge that and you know, talk about that from the perspective of other senior living communities out there. Um, if you're not looking at your culture right now, that's something to maybe really consider that you can help level up. Absolutely. And then, so let's talk about vendors. Um, so that was another another part of your post is, I was very surprised to read this, but um, vendors are really not showing up for you. Not all of them, they're, you know, some they're, I are often. Right. Yeah, so can you just share a little more about your experience with that? Yeah, so when, um, you know, we are not double occupying any room right now. Every room is being run as a private. So you can only have so many staff members or so many residents in your building, which was built for a higher occupancy originally. And you're spending tons of money on PPE. And of course, all the PPE went up in price. A mask we used to pay 30 cents for, we now pay $6 for. Um, And, you know, we used to go into a room, put it on, take it off. Now we're wearing them for a longer period of time because of the cost. And so, of course, money has to play a part. You have to sustain and survive. Plus, you're trying to give thank you bonuses and COVID pay and these drawings and 
you know, all of our food costs have gone up. All of the meat costs have gone up in the country, not just in Michigan. I mean, this is this is a global pandemic and we're all feeling the effects. So you try and prepare. You try and um, make sure that you're cash safe and cash sound. And I reached out to a bunch of my vendors and said, hey, guys, I want to change my terms from 30 days to 60 days with no intention of having to really pay them in 60 days. But just in case, right? Just in case we get to a point in which we're cash strapped. Uh, and almost, I, I'm gonna say 85% of my vendors were like, no problem, not even a question asked. And they will be with me for a lifetime. I will never turn my back on them. I will promote them. I will tell everybody I know about them. Um, and then a couple of vendors, especially a couple that I've been doing business with for so long, like since I've started in this industry, I've been with them and they were like, well, I'm going to need to see your financials for the last five years. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I, I'm not doing that. I'm not jumping through that hoop. I, I've paid you and, you know, for one of the vendors, we used to pay them in a 10 day time frame to get a 1% discount on our expenses. So if I was able to do that for all these years and I've never not paid a bill and I've always been a good customer then you have an obligation to be a good vendor mm -hmm. on you for not. And so I am currently transitioning away from those vendors. I, during the middle of a pandemic, I am shopping new vendors. Well, I think that's really interesting and it's, it surprises me. Um, and also good for you because what you're doing, I mean, let's be clear, senior living is a business first. And if we aren't taking care of the business, we don't have a place to care for our older adults. No. So having someone who's really looking at this and making sure that the business is operating is crucial so that we have the care and the love and all of the things we're able to give. And I think that um, it, it's good to bring this out because we need to be thinking about the trusted relationships that we've built over the many, many, many years and being able to have flexibility in those during this difficult, difficult time. Because as you said in your first sentence, COVID has made everything more difficult for everybody. Yeah, it is exhausting. The days start early and they end late. And I mean, I've just printed out a ton of reading material for tonight about new rules and regulations that are coming out and, yep. and how the testing criteria is changing. And that in itself is a full-time job, just staying current. I feel like every day there's a new piece or new, okay. new numerous pieces, like not just one page, like 30 pages that come out and that if you let it go for more than a day or so, you're like a hundred pages behind. You're like, what just happened? Like, uh, and, I think that's the challenge is that not only do you have to do your normal operations, right? You have to then add your COVID responsibilities, which I call that like the hyper-focused, mm -hmm. which is that, and that hyper-focus for me, it becomes mentally exhausting, which then obviously has physical implications, right? Where you're like on edge almost, like you're just waiting for the next challenge to come. You're like, oh crap, what what now? Yeah, we were, we were actually one of the first nursing homes in Michigan, one of our facilities to um, have a COVID patient. Okay. Uh, you know, we were very upfront about it. We put it on our website, uh, mm -hmm. made everyone aware. Uh, the patient did come from the hospital. They, we were told they were COVID free. Um, thankfully, the patient was in their room. And, and at the time, CDC was, the guidance was, right. unless they have symptoms. Well, they didn't have symptoms. And yep. That was bad guidance. 
but that's what we knew at the time. Yep. yep. So and that's, yeah. That's how we got it in our first community. And thankfully, it didn't spread. That's awesome. That means great work on your, that means your team did a great job with infection control though. That says a lot about what you guys have in place. I mean, yeah, probably maybe a little bit of luck, but obviously you've got your staff trained for hand washing and the proper way to do things. So that says a lot. That story was never told. Of course not. Why would it be told? I mean, just like the whole idea that one of my biggest frustration is, is the media thinks that, you know, what we know today for whatever is what we knew 70 or 60 days ago. No, we were making the decisions with the information we had at the time. And that just, you know, perturbs me because we're getting new guidance every day almost, you know, from our health departments, from the Tri-County, from the state. And they they're guessing half the time in my eyes because they're trying to just stay ahead of the, the curve, basically. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you guys should have known this. Well, wait, we were listening to the experts. Like, hello. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. So, Amanda, something I heard in that I love, which you show up as very authentic anyway. Just, right. Oh, just, yeah. you, you can <laughs> tell from your LinkedIn posts and having this conversation. But the fact that you were authentic and you shared it with your families right away, you mm -hmm. shared the news. You said that here's what's going on. Here's what we're doing about it. Um, We've heard from so many people that they never knew there was COVID in their loved one's community. Mm -hmm. And that is another area that I find as a wart in our industry that we wanna help shine a light on so we can fix it. Because no one does it on purpose. No one's trying to hide things. At least that's my belief. Right. Um, and and so I hope that you know our audience is really hearing that component of this that let's just be honest family I, I'm a family member so I had a, a mom in memory care and a dad in assisted living and so I have that perspective um, I've worked in this industry now for three years and I've learned so many things but from the family member perspective mm -hmm. we can take it right tell us just tell us so I love that you were so authentic um, and that's something that I loved about the last line of your post is there's no more time in our day we barely get time with our families so please understand if we can't take your call or return an email it's not personal it's bad timing um, and I think that was that was intended for the vendors right uh, yeah. a lot of vendors are working from home right now during COVID and so they have um, ample time to reach out and so like my LinkedIn posts I will I'll put a post and I'll get contacted by 30 vendors about hey oh, yeah. that's and I'm like no really I, um, and it's not intended to be hurtful and that's why I put it in there it's I I like to to respond to everybody who contacts me um, it's just not doable right now it's not something I can attain and my intention is never to hurt anybody's feelings um, I've been told I have no filter, um, and there is, <laughs> there is no great to me. I'm pretty direct. Um, I all of our buildings send family communication. Um, the requirement is if you've had three COVID out positive COVIDs that you must communicate to your staff and your families. We send them out every week, even though we haven't had any, mm -hmm. just to keep the families in the loop. Yep. And That's our don't have that same requirement, but we made them do it because. If you can give families information, then they have less to panic about. Then they can make informed decisions. Then they can plan accordingly. We have to be the experts and we have to communicate what they need to know. They're looking to us. Right. And the, that our rules change every day. They need to know that too. Right. 
Yeah. And I think families want to step up and help how they can. And our family has been amazing. Yeah. Okay. But I also think that's because you guys are sharing information. You're not trying to hide, uh, you're not trying to shy away from the challenges we're facing. And I think, Amanda, you said it best when you're being honest and open and sharing, you're taking worry off their plate. And I think that's what I'd love the industry to, to take a look at is share more than you think you need to share, because in the end, it's going to help you. It's really going to help you. We did have some families who wanted to know specifically who had it. When uh, yeah. I, said, I can't tell you that. Right. They were upset, but, you know, you can get them through that. You can get them past that. Yeah. You just you just have to keep communicating. Yeah. Yeah. Communication, communication, communication. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um. So I have a question that I always like to close with, which is um, standing one year from today, what do you hope we have all learned and carried forward with us? Oh, gosh, that's good. So a year, <laughs> I think we will all know that infection control and dealing with infectious disease is something we have always done. Uh, Ooh. I think a year from now, we will realize that we can never predict the disease or how it's going to mutate and that we have to be willing to change quickly. Um, even the bigger agencies like the CDC, mm -hmm. are, we were telling them, listen, we'll gladly take patients, but if even if they're asymptomatic, we need a COVID test. They were like, well, the CDC says we can't, it's not recommended. I'm right. like, I can't take them and risk everybody else without it. We have to be willing to have the tough conversations and not worry about the relationship because at the end of the day, you're ultimately res responsible for what happens. Yeah. That's so you now I hope we're all a lot more comfortable with those conversations. I love it. That That's the part. Let's be a lot more comfortable with having these tough conversations because we're in it together. Mm-hmm. We yep. really are. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you so much. Um, Amanda, if our audience wants to learn more about Pomeroy or um, or connect with you somehow, how would you recommend they get in touch with you? So you can always find out about us online. It's uh, pomeroyliving.com. If you'd like to email me, all you have to do is email info at pomeroyliving.com and that will make its way to me. I will do my best to get in touch with everyone who emails. That's fabulous. You know, one last question on that. Um, since we talked about vendors and not being able, having so many try to get in touch with you, do you have any advice for the vendors so that they can actually work better with the communities that they're wanting to serve? Um, I think if a vendor is currently in your book of business and you want to be helpful, then talk to them about payment terms, talk about them on how they're feeling about their cash because these building, if these businesses go under, it's a problem for everyone. Mm -hmm. We'll have misplaced seniors. We'll have more um, vendors going without customers, uh, and it, it's just going to hurt. So let's take care of one another and look big picture instead of being focused. If you're looking for new business, be patient. Uh, yeah. Let everybody get through October, November, and uh, try and wait till beginning of the year. We're hoping everything will slow down. Flu season will be over which is going to open up a whole nother slew of infectious disease and uh, it's stressful. Yep. Yes. Yes. That's yes. great advice. Thank you for that. Yeah. Got it.
Thank you so much. And um, like I said, we applaud all the work that you're doing and your team is doing uh, for giving our older adults an opportunity to live their best life. I think that's what really it ends up is it's not just the quantity, it's the quality. And it sounds like um, all the work you're doing is giving them that opportunity to, to live their best life, which is all anybody can hope for. So thank you very much. And inviting me to the show. I'm honored and keep up the good work and sharing the information. Thank you. And thank you for your authenticity. Appreciate yeah. it very much. Thank you so much. Talk right. to you. Thank right. you. Bye. Bye.